This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and we'll give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites, uh, you can go to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the various interactive features. The main feature actually allows you to control the content on the site. You can enjoy it all for free. freetalklive.com. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls, of course, about whatever's on your mind. That is the point of this program. Also, the top five deathbed regrets should be an interesting uh, top five list. We, don't, we haven't done a top five or top ten on this show in a while. Those are Count always, them down. Yeah, those are always fun. Uh, but, you know, I had an interesting experience today, Mark, and it was a, a new experience for me. I went to a school board meeting. Oh, God. Have you heard that I'm running for school board? I, you had mentioned that you were going to do that? Yeah, and I, um, I've never been to a school board meeting. I remember you know, my parents dr- drug me to some of them as a kid, but I never stayed in for them. I'd always go outside and play with the other kids that their parents drug them to the school board meeting. Can't so, imagine that parents even went to the school board meeting. That, uh, I mean, you know, parents go to these things. I mean, some parents, but a very small amount. Uh, this, uh, you know, there's, what, uh, 23,000 people that live in Keene, New Hampshire, where we're doing this radio program from. And they were maybe 70 people that were attending this particular school board meeting. And this is like the first meeting of the year. It's very supposedly very important. They're deciding on these warrant articles, as they're called, that they'll be voting on at the next uh, election. So, you know, there's spending that's being decided and stuff like that. And one thing, of course, I was very interested in finding out, which I was I was unable to uh, discern just from... You know, just watching things. Next time I might ask some questions, maybe people coming in. Uh, But I wondered how many of the 70 or so people that were in attendance. It started at about like 30 people and then kind of ramped up over the first hour to about 70. How many of the 70 were government school employees? I have a feeling at least half were uh, were government school employees. I'll bet. Yeah, it directly affects them. Sure. Right. This is all about pay raises and, and things like that. So. There were some interesting observations because uh, most people don't go to these things. So maybe maybe you don't know what it's like or maybe you've been to one and that was enough and you know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, four hours. Good four Lord. hours. I was there from nine till one o'clock today. You know, no break for lunch or there's no snacks set out or anything like that. It's just you're going strong all the way through this thing. And it's just the most dull uh, boring thing that you do have uh, internet access at the school, thank goodness. But they blocked Facebook, which I guess kind of makes sense. I don't want kids on Facebook while they're at school. I guess. I guess. Um, I did use the Tor anonymizing service to get around their block, so I was using Facebook <laughs> through their uh, their internet connection. <laughs> but uh, let's see, what was it? Oh, the other interesting thing: there was a police officer there who apparently had been called out onto. Overtime, he was getting time and a half to be standing at the door of this event, basically. And why was he there? Because they knew I was coming. And they figured I was going to bring some more liberty activists with me and that there was going to be some kind of a protest or some kind of disruption or whatever. And no, that didn't happen at all. I think uh, Allie, our Friday night co-host, spoke a couple times and asked some questions. Um, But aside from that, I was just sitting there the whole time watching. And then we gave out some flyers at the end talking about ending government education and uh, turning the schools over to the the teachers and kind of pitching uh, some ideas to people. But 
the the police officer that was there had never been to one of these before, and he's got three kids. You know, this guy's in the system. Sure. He's never been to one of these before, and he was bored. He was so bored, uh, we talked to him afterwards, he said it wasn't worth the time. It wasn't worth the money. He it was getting time and over- a half as a cop. It wasn't worth the overtime. Right. He did thank us for the the extra money, though, but uh, he said that you know, it wasn't worthwhile. It was just so so excruciatingly boring for him. I'll bet. Yeah. It is awful. It, it absolutely is. So there was one other conversation worth uh, mentioning. There's a lady from, uh, I don't know what her position was. She did admit she worked for the school board, or for the school. And she uh, talked to me afterwards because she found out that I was you know running for the, the school board position. Cause people said, get involved in the system. Fine. I'll go ahead and run for political office and see what happens. Uh, but... She was asking me questions about, you know, what I thought. And I was talking about getting the government out of education, ending the monopoly on education and how that benefits things and comparing education to the uh, like the computer industry in the computer world. Things keep getting, you know, uh, smarter, faster, better and cheaper over time. The same thing doesn't happen to education. I kind of explained why uh, the, you know, the, the government education system has backwards incentives. And, you know, she was pretty confused by some of the things I was saying. They're very, very new ideas for people that have been in the system their whole lives. But there was one thing. What was, about the poor kids? That came up as well. Which is always the thing that one says, as if the the 90% of the people who are in, uh, the students in public school are poor. I mean, the this is welfare for middle class people, mm-hmm. not welfare for poor people. I mean, just about everybody sends their kids to uh, public school, so it's not for poor kids to get educated if that was the case then you could you know force uh use the government's force to get uh, scholarships or something to send people to school this is about this is about homogenizing the american mind she was uh, probably talked to her about five or ten minutes and she may have thought i was crazy but at least she asked some good questions and was uh, seemed genuinely interested in what i was saying and at one point when i proposed to her the idea like the kind of the big idea of the campaign is that the schools shouldn't be government anymore and they should be turned over to the teachers. That the the administrators, the teachers, the, the janitors, everybody that works for the school should get a share. They should get an equal share. Mm-hmm. So the janitor gets the same share as the, you know, the principal. And that they should decide how to run their school without having some administrative bureaucracy hanging over them, whether that be the, you know, the school district bureaucracy or the state or the feds, without any of those strings, just just the people in the school deciding how to run that school. When I explained that uh, idea to her, it really appeared as though there were some gears turning on that. Like, she'd never heard anything like that before. Wow, can you and, imagine an organization directing itself? Not some top-down, hierarchical thing where the UN gives directives to the United States, the United States gives directives, directives to states, states give directives to counties, counties give directives to, to schools. I mean, really? Not that? She didn't really have an immediate objection to that particular idea, and I, I like that. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good idea, and as I told her, uh, that, you know, you need to get ideas out there. Like, she, she did acknowledge that it was very unlikely that something like that would happen, like, you know, the school district. What do you think the likelihood the school district is going to let that happen? I said, probably not very likely. I'm just one guy. But we've got to talk about these things. If you don't talk about new ideas, they'll never become real. And so I guess that's kind of the purpose of the campaign is to talk about new ideas. I don't expect to win. But if that conversation is an indication of what could come, maybe. Since they're calling the law on you uh, just for showing up at the, <laughs> the school board meeting, I think your chances of winning are probably pretty pretty slim yeah, let's, from uh, what I'm seeing here. So anyway, that was my observations of uh, attending a school board meeting for the first time. I'm sure yours are as boring uh, where you come from. But if you want to see an example of an interesting school board meeting, search for Steve Rocco on YouTube and you will be entertained. Let's go to Nick <laughs> listening in 
Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Nick. Hi. Back on Wednesday, you had a caller named Ken who, in essence, defended traffic safety laws and city ordinances and things like that. Uh, the call got a little personal with Nemi confronting Ken as to whether or not he supported the use of force against her for disobeying these laws. Mm. Do you remember that? Yes. I think that call illustrates a great disconnect between the liberty movement and the general populace, and that is that for all the complaining that liberty types do about the rules, the fact is that we would be fine with those same rules we complain about in a free society as long as they were enforced according to the property rights system we espouse. In fact, it's quite likely that the rules to inspections and whatnot might be even more strict than what we deal with today. Uh, even if we had private roads, there could be uh, plenty of roads with seatbelt rules, for example. Now, to us, these subtle differences in how the rules are made and enforced make all the difference in the world. But most people don't see that. They don't think in those terms. And I don't think someone like Ken would see that until it was pointed out. And I think this can be seen in how he ended his call with uh, the question of find one city ordinance you agree with. Well, I think I did say I, I found one that I agreed with, and that was uh, anything that you know deals with people being violent towards one another. Yes, but you understand the the system he works in does not understand the difference between. Um, is that the music there? It is. So hang on, we'll bring you back here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And take control of the airwaves. 855-453. Most city ordinances a bunch of petty crap that have nothing to do with anything at all about keeping people safe. Period. More on the way. Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number... 855 CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything you want. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full, a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They'll do collections, early out billing, and purchase your charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call so you can check up on them, and they have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of our banner page, our banner column. That's freetalklive.com. Our number here again, 855-450-FREE, and of course you can join us over at freetalklive.com for a variety of features, including our bulletin board system. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there at bbs.freetalklive.com and also get some uh, show prep that we end up using on the air. And tonight we may be talking about, uh, if, if we get a chance, the deathbed regrets. What do people on their deathbed say about wishing they could have done something different? We'll explain those things. 855-450-FREE. We'll go to your calls as well, let's talk again to uh, Nick calling from Illinois. You're talking about a paradigm, I guess, a difference in paradigm between people of a, a liberty-oriented mindset and those who can't understand why uh, we would balk at uh, silly nonsense rules that the government is uh, enforcing upon us. At least that's what I've gleaned from you so far. Go ahead, Nick. Yes. Well, not all of them are silly nonsense rules. 
um, uh, for example, uh, there, there was one part of the conversation where that caller was saying something like, uh, oh, so there's no value at all to society in this rule or that rule when, he, when uh, like somebody who's a dangerous driver who has their headlights blown out or whatever gets pulled over. To, to him, that was a, a reasonable rule, and I could see where that would be a reasonable rule. I'm with him, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, he operates in a mindset where a rule is right or wrong independently of how it is enforced. And I think what people in general, uh, those new to liberty, need to understand is that rules and their enforcement are inseparable. A rule that is enforced one way and another rule that is identical, except that it is enforced differently, are in practice two completely different rules. So when you rail against a particular rule as a libertarian, you could just be railing against the enforcement or who is enforcing it, namely the state, which you were in, in that particular case, I think. But Ken didn't see it that way. In Ken's mind, the rule is people should be properly licensed and inspected to make sure they're safe on the road with others. And what's wrong here is not that the state has a rule saying that you can't drive on the roads without a well-inspected car. The problem is that the state, A, has no right to set the rules because it does not own the roads legitimately, and B, is using illegitimate means of enforcement. Yeah, I I get all your points, although I don't believe that uh, there needs to be any rules for inspections. I mean, yeah. clearly there doesn't because we're come we come from Florida where there are no such things. Yeah, you'd think that the roads would be littered with uh, with with cars all over the place, but but um, despite that point, despite making that point to the the caller in question, he completely ignored it and acted as though it mattered not that uh, there are dozens of states that don't have the inspection. No, he was not. Um, he thought that inspections were silly. He was just making a point. Really, I don't yeah, recall getting said. that impression yeah, from that's, him. That's Do you recall that, Nick? Oh, yeah. The impression I got from him is that he was just uh, fed up at the way you did not see uh, the idea of there being any legitimacy to having rules of the road. Uh, he he agreed that some of the rules were silly, but he saw that some of them were also very valuable. Yeah, I think I, I thought I came to the agreement with him that it was a bad idea to drive around with a light out. Um, that I think I pointed out, but... Well, whatever. Well, that's some common ground. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I don't recall him being in favor of ending inspections, but I don't know. That's all I can tell you. one 855 free You can bring up what you want as we continue here. The top five deathbed regrets from the dollar vigilante. Bonnie Ware, palliative care nurse, recently wrote an article encompassing her experiences of numerous conversations with those on their deathbed and their regrets. It occurred to us that many of those regrets can be relieved or lessened by a lifestyle that we advocate here at the Dollar Vigilante, whatever that is. Number one, let's look at these. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. She goes on to say, it's easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. It's very important to try and honor at least some of your dreams along the way. It's probably the number one regret of uh, readers of the Dollar Vigilante. We can't count the number of emails we get where people tell us they've always wanted to live in another country or culture, but they never did it for a variety of reasons. But the reasons are mostly unimportant in the grand scheme of things. I, you know, the the idea of uh, picking up and moving to a different culture has, uh, you know, a lot of inherent difficulties. If you're whatever job you're going to do, often 
often, most jobs require sort of uh, geographic stability. Mm. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a plumber in a, um, in a particular area, you need to build your customer base. You're not going to have as many customers on day one as you're going to have uh, after 10 years uh, of providing good service. Of course, if you're a v- really bad plumber, maybe geogra- um, geography needs to change on a, pr- a regular basis. But... Um, you know, and this is true with the vast majority of careers. If you're going to work at a place, well, you need to live. You need to live near that place, and this kind of thing. Um, you know, the when if you have a spouse, you can't just you know say, "Hey, I'm moving to Bangladesh because I'm really interested in that." Uh, good luck with uh, your life. You know, your kids and all these other things. Obviously, there are a lot of reasons to not do something, Mark. And and one of the things that the uh, they're pointing out here is that fear is the reason. You know, the number one reason why people don't do these big things that they that they want to do. Uh, it's important to recognize that fear of foreign cultures is instilled in most of us through propaganda. And in many ways, you know, there's always that fear of I won't be able to find work or that fear. you just expressed some of those uh, those fears a moment ago. But nonetheless, people's number one regret is that they wish they'd had the courage to live life true to themselves and not the life others expected of me. And I think if you just dig into that idea alone, it's pretty powerful. I'm all for being true to yourself. I, I you know, I don't have any any problem with that. Um, if you're living a life to please someone else then you've essentially become their proxy. Well, that's not entirely true. So if in order to live a good life, you need to please other people. I get what you're saying. It's important to give people what they want in order to get what you want. That's correct. But ultimately, you have to have what you want in mind, right? If if, if your focus is just exclusively doing as others expect you to do or doing as you believe others expect you to do, then you're living for someone else's beliefs. You're doing their bidding. I think a dream needs to be powerful enough, is what I think. I mean, when you're talking about a dream, dreams need to be extraordinarily powerful in order to drive you. Now, if yeah, if you're if you're constantly pushing down this dream you have, shoving it back down, shoving it down, then yeah, then you need to look at that. However, if you know you have a flight of fancy, um, yeah, sometimes flights of fancy need to be dismissed. I see. I see where you're coming from, Mark. But you know, again, if if you are doing, if you're not doing things you really want to do because of what someone might think, then you're living for that other person. You're sculpting your life and your choices based on what that someone, maybe it's mom or dad or a spouse or the boss or whoever, whoever it is that's important to you, uh, that I think is a really detrimental thing. So it's possible to give people what they want, as in provide them with a product or service or you know, get, get, you know, make your customers happy, etc. It's possible to give people what they want while still keeping your goals in mind and still being who you really are. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you do what people expect of you, then you're just inside the box the whole life. You're just a drone at that point. And that's what they try to teach you in government schools, which is why it's so important to get kids out of government schools so they can create and be entrepreneurs and think outside the box and do unusual things that they aren't expected to do. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts on regrets, deathbed regrets. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Live Saturday edition of the show. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us over on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. We've got a, a site, a page on the site that allows you to promote Free Talk Live. Gives you some tools uh, with which you can get this program into more ears around the world. And some of those tools include a free bumper sticker. Uh, in addition to that, you can get web graphics, uh, high-res graphics you can actually use to like make your own t-shirts or whatever else you want to put that graphic on. Uh, in addition to that, you'll also find other useful things like flyers you can print out. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And speaking of those bumper stickers, we uh, got them from Liberty Stickers. That's right, libertystickers.com. And you can go over there and get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece from the back of your car. You Use libertystickers.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out over there. I like to just go through and read all the sayings. It's uh, I find it quite entertaining. They're, they're entertaining bumper stickers. Check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. And like Free Talk Live, you can get uh, your church or your band or your business. You can get bumper stickers. They'll make them for you at libertystickers.com, and you, know, you just go right over there, and, and uh, they'll, they'll handle it for you. It's libertystickers.com. So uh, we're going to get back to your phone calls here in a moment, and we'll also dig into this uh, top five deathbed regrets as we go throughout the show. We'll share one of them here and there and talk about them as we take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 855-453. But the first one on this list from the Dollar Vigilante was uh, that I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And in that one, Mark, your first objection was, well, you've got to make other people happy. And I agree completely. In order to get what you want in life, you have to help other people get what they want. That's like, to me, that's the number one rule. Uh, but that that statement doesn't contradict that you should live true to yourself, not the life others expect of you. I'll give you an example. Uh, so when I was in high school, I there was a program called Externship. Okay, and so basically, was an in, you would join the externship program to extern into an internship. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so you would uh, get school credit for going and working somewhere that you found interesting. And of course, I wanted to work as an intern in radio. And when I went to this externship program to talk to the uh, the person who was in charge of it, to kind of, I guess you had to like get permission to come into the program or something like that there were certain provisions not anyone could take this program you had to have a certain gpa for instance to get into it so i had to go in and jump through whatever their their hoops were to to do this and the first thing that this woman told me was that radio internships were awful and that she didn't think that i should uh that i should do that she okay. said that uh, she had someone who had been a radio intern before, and they just had him doing manual labor. And that's no good. She says, you know, you've got to find something you know, better. I don't remember the exact conversation, but she is essentially trying to talk me out of my dream. Well, she was – and you know, she, and sometimes that can be valuable, though, because then you know how important it is to you. I, I get what you're saying, Mark, but I, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm just saying if I had been someone who had taken her as – I don't know, in authority or whatever. If I if I had looked at her with respect or or and I didn't because she's just a government bureaucrat and whatever. I didn't really care what she said. I was going to be an intern. I didn't. I ended up not joining the program, just going ahead and becoming an intern anyway, and didn't get any credit for it. But okay. had I followed her advice as the expert, 
as the person who is, you know, 50 years old or however else she's experienced. If I'd followed her suggestions, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. I can totally understand why some people would not want the uh, radio internship. It isn't the most glamorous of jobs. And- no, I understand it, too. Like I get what you're doing. You're kind of you're kind of taking her side. You're making I'm not taking her side. I'm saying that all along the road to life, you've got different things that you experience, and those things are going to be. Uh, you can choose to experience them in whatever way you want. You could experience this lady as having been a guide for you on this path. You know, you knew after speaking to her that you wanted to do this more than you knew than you uh, did when you before you spoke to her. Well, right, because I think that's because it was my nature to not respect uh, so-called authority. Um, but I think a lot of people are trained by the government school system to be very obedient. I mean, we've talked about the Prussian school model, uh, JohnTaylorGatto.com, former New York's uh, state teacher of the year who has spoken out against the government schools, pointing out that they are designed to create thoughtless, obedient drones. And who, I would do it. contend that uh, private schools are no better. Uh, having gone to a private Fine. school and a public school? There, whatever. Private schools in many ways are based off of government schools. I'll acknowledge that. I didn't go to a private school either. But uh, the point is, this government school system, it, it inculcates kids, because there are some private schools where they explain this to, to the kids, where they explain to the, the, the students the difference between how they're learning versus how the, uh, the other kids uh, learn in government schools. I would say that uh, the, the, the public school paradigm as we have it today essentially homogenizes and creates a monopoly in one sort of education, as if kids can only be educated grade by grade, classroom by classroom, and that it does doesn't allow for innovation no and competition, uh, and it's competition awful. in the area of education. So, um, so anyway, the, the, the point being that this woman would have talked me out of it. Had I been more obedient, had I been one of these people that is more likely to, uh, you know, to just do whatever it is that I'm – whatever it is is suggested uh, that I do. And so if you wanted to share your own experience uh, with that as far as, you know, what, what did you do or what, what situations did you encounter where in order to do what someone else wanted you to do, you gave up your own dreams, you gave up your own uh, beliefs – and you molded yourself to that other other individual's desires for you. Did that hurt you? 855-450-FREE. You can also bring up anything. William's on the line listening to WSC-FM in Charleston, South Carolina. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, good to listen to you guys again. I just got off work. Uh, I caught it in the conversation when y'all were talking about the, uh, the roads and enforcement. And uh, just last week, I was uh, on my way to work uh, going to a small town and was following a police officer. And uh, another police officer pulled me over as a uh, red convertible passed both me and the police officer. And uh, when we came to a stop, uh, I could tell she was a rookie. Uh, no, hello, how are you? Just give me your license. Uh, and came back with a uh, close to $300 ticket, uh, not for speeding, uh, but for what she said was reckless driving. Apparently, in this small municipality, they have an ordinance where if they write it that way, then the uh, town gets all the money. Uh, oh. the, the ticket. Yeah, different and, states uh, are different way uh, have different policies on you know who gets to collect the money and uh, what circumstance. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but about I mean, it really boiled me my blood because I said she didn't give me a chance to explain. Oh, I did say, well, you know, I was following the police officer in front of me. I assumed he was obeying the law, uh, and uh, she said, well, he may have had other things to do. I don't care. You're going to get it. 
So what's now, your reckless cl- driving is a lot of points. You're not talking about careless driving, are you? Um, no, I, I might have been said careless driving. Okay. How she wrote it. You know, either way, it was no points, but it was like just about $300, you know, fine. And, so uh, basically you got a ticket for reckless or careless driving because you were following him too closely? Is that the idea? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. There were, it just happened to be I was following a police officer. He's in front of me driving along the highway. Mm-hmm. And there was another police officer uh, pointing the other way facing us. This red convertible. The, the red convertible passed us both. And I somehow got pulled over. So you don't have uh, any idea what it was that you were doing that might have uh, incurred this ticket? Like, do you have any clue? No. And I mean, I'm a straight up guy. I'll admit it if I was, you know, doing something wrong. But she wouldn't even let me explain myself. You're going to take it anyway. I don't care. Do you uh, live near this municipality? uh, Yeah, it's out in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. It's very. uh, Are you challenging the ticket? Will you be going to court or are you going to pay up? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm I'm going to challenge, um, just like when I got pulled over for no seatbelt, I went to challenge that. And I said, you know, I think it's my right, not the government's right to force me to put on a seatbelt to fit myself. And uh, they basically, you know, dropped the hammer on me. And of course. <laughs> Run you through the you rails. Know? The uh, the the, yeah. the kangaroo court. You know, it's still good to go and challenge uh, these tickets because it, it takes up their time. It makes it so they actually have to prove a case, at least to some extent. And it'll be interesting to hear what their yeah. claim is as far as why you were driving recklessly in court. And I thank you, William, for the call and the story tonight at 855-450-FREE. Get Don't the take ju- the plea deal. Get the jurisdictionary course so you know what you're doing. We'll There's more coming it. up. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. If you like the uh, program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to shop.freetalklive.com, and you'll get uh, the access to Amazon. There are different Amazon links for different countries. You click into the right one for you, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So whatever it is you're looking to buy, go and get it through shop.freetalklive.com. You'll probably get a great deal because uh, it's Amazon. It's the same Amazon you're used to. You're just entering through our portal. So Free Talk Live gets a cut. Uh, once again, shop.freetalklive.com will get you you to our Amazon links, and that's how you enter the site and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. We'll continue here. Uh, still to come, more of uh, the top five deathbed regrets, and of course, your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Let's go to Dave, listening in the Eureka, California area, to KGOE. Hello, Dave. Hey, I much appreciate your show. Thanks, I Dave. believe that you re- you really do invite free speech, and I think that's something that is desperately needed and dying out in this country, along with some other freedoms. I'm partly on the same subject as those that just went before me that are concerned about how law enforcement sometimes uh, enforces laws in different fashions. And uh, uh, 
One of the ones that I'm witnessing, I'm very active in the Occupy because I believe that our government is largely owned by big special interests right now. That's my opinion. I know mm-hmm. not everybody agrees with me. Seems pretty but self-evident, but yes, I, I would agree. Yeah, well, I see a lot of our people being harassed that if we hold a sign in the wrong place, it may be taken away, that oh, if yeah. we ask questions, we may be arrested and uh i've got the uh, cops after me right now actually the cops are looking for me right now uh in Keene, new hampshire because i've been going to one of the local schools and doing outreach to some some young people uh and they're gonna they're i I believe they're going to give me a no trespass order basically telling me i can't even come on to the the property that i'm forced to pay for through property taxes ah you know quite a coincidence because i'm parked here facing the big pacific ocean and the sheriff's car is driving back and forth behind me. Yeah, he hasn't made any move. He hasn't tried to take my cell phone away. But that kind of thing is threatening us does it, right now. Does it We're feel like a shark circling? Because that's kind of how it feels to me in, in those cir- circumstances. Well, I hadn't thought of that. But, yeah, now that you mention it, I suppose it does. Because I, I believe right now if you have a camera or a camera phone and you try to take a picture, like if I get out and try to take pictures of this sheriff, there is some law. They've made some rule that that's against the law, and then they can. Well, not specifically. My... They, in most yeah. places, they haven't specifically made a law against that, uh, but they will hit you with things like disorderly conduct, uh, and also they have a wiretapping statute that in some they cases... Attempted to misuse. They'll try to go after you with, but frequently end up dropping the charges. But usually, if, they're, if you're doing something they don't like, they have a, a, a few catch-all charges that they can, they can hit you with, and disorderly conduct's a favorite. Uh, obstructing government justice uh, or obstructing government administration is, uh, is another one, and there's a third that's escaping me at the moment, but oh, is it? Oh, I, yeah. I am much convinced that we, the people, had damn well better stand up and say, "Now, enough of that craziness. This is we're going to hang on to our freedom. We cherish it too much." To let Boy, what's it going to take, though, Dave? Away. I mean, Dave. I mean, I, I agree with you, but what's it going to take for the average person to do that? Well, you know, so many they see our little sites, our little Occupy demonstrations with our cardboard signs, and they say it's going to take a hell of a lot more than that to do anything, but. If they didn't walk by thinking that, if they decided to get involved and say, what can I do? How can mm. I be a part of this? If we suddenly get thousands and thousands, where well, we've only got a dozen right now, I think we become more and more a real threat to a corrupt system that fears the people. I think they don't want us. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Dave, and thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 855-453, and that ties right back around into the the number one deathbed regret, which is uh, wishing that uh, one had the courage to live a life true to oneself, not the life others expected. And right there, I mean, he's, that's what he's talking about. People are too afraid. Uh, maybe they want more freedom and they see, you know, the oppression that's going on around them and they wish that it wasn't happening. But at the same time, if they stick their head up, they're worried it's going to get cut off or they're worried what their family will think about them or what, you know, what the, the people at work will, will talk about. What is the Alexander Haig quote about uh, the protests? Oh, let's see. That uh, from the nineteen eighties. Let them protest all they want as long as as they they pay pay their their taxes. taxes. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, to me, what I see at least at least a lot of these occupiers just want people to have some people to have more taxes um, than they currently do. It's like uh, tax the rich, return the system to the people, as if the system has ever belonged to the people. Well, yeah, as as if any system has ever belonged to any 
sort of the, that's, that's the, the a fine, lower class. That's a fine critique of some of the people in the Occupy movement. I, I didn't necessarily want to get into the details on Occupy, but more talk about just kind of the general concepts of getting out there and doing something uh, for the you know to try to create the world in which that uh, that you'd like to see. And just because some people believe those things within the Occupy movement doesn't mean that. It's something that should be written off, or shouldn't be. You shouldn't get involved in. But I think uh, that uh, I think that the critique is valid, though. I mean, you know, when you're talking about getting out there, when <laughs> so when you support a coercive system and you get out there and and you just want another different coercive system. You know, I mean, to me, well, but it's not everybody's like that. Trimming in the, the hedges movement. on the uh, the tree of evil. You know, saying that is like saying everyone at the Tea Party is a fascist. I mean, it's just not a true. It's not a true statement across the board. And in addition it's not to what that, I've made. some of the. In addition to that, some of the people at the Occupy movement are open-minded. They're looking for solutions. I think a lot of the people in the Occupy movement haven't made up their minds about what the answers are. They know that what some of the problems are, and I think that uh, Dave identified some of the problems very appropriately. I agree. But, some uh, of those, you're right. Some of them. A lot of, you know, corporate power. Open. There's a lot of people with, uh, with yep. you know, a lot of money that influence things, and and it's okay that people don't know what a, a good answer is, and that they think that well, let's get back to the people. Well, you're right, Mark. Has that ever happened? No. It's because the corporations and the b- people with big money are in charge, and that's not likely to ever change. Because so, power is a commodity, and if you centralize power, the people with money are going to buy that commodity. So bring the message of freedom to the Occupy movement. Bring the message of freedom to the Tea Party. Explain how it is that uh, they can get what they want which is maybe better education or you know get the uh, government to you know, be more responsive or whatever get these things without uh you know without advocating more tyranny or show them how the ideas of liberty can can help achieve these things how the ideas of liberty can make education better for instance i mean these things can be communicated but you have to go out and do something to uh, to communicate to them you know as a good example we had the the bearcat uh, hearing this week where a bunch of people from this community in Keene came out and spoke out against this armored tank vehicle that you, if you live in a medium to large city, probably already have with your local police department. They were trying to foist one, are trying to foist one on Little Keene, New Hampshire. And a bunch of people poured out, and a number of them were the occupiers, uh, and they had come out to, and they spoke uh, against the, the Bearcat and made some great points. And they were there because I invited them there. Because, uh, you know, I, I publicized this event and I was somebody who was, you know, very active and still am active within the uh, the Occupy Keen movement. So I think it's important to build bridges where uh, wherever we can and, and show people that liberty is the answer. And I think that the, there's plenty of people in the Occupy movement who have open minds to that. 855-450-FREE. And I think the same thing's true of the Tea Party as well. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. Rob, listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Rob, go ahead. Yeah, how you doing? Um, I'm making a comment about the other caller that called in about his, you know, ticket for the seatbelt. Yes, sir. I, you know, I agree with him. It is wrong for the government to try to force us because my car, you know, I pay for it. If I choose to wear my belt, that, that's my choice. You're a radical. I mean, if, you know that I you're mean, a radical. Exactly, and you know. If I choose to die or whatever, that should be my choice. Now, well, sometimes wearing a seatbelt will oh, kill you. Know, we do it because you know, you know, we love you and all this, but that's be it. No, they're doing like it because they want the seventy dollars or whatever the the ticket amount is. I know that's what it was down in exactly, Florida. Exactly, because because cops have you know, cops have you know quotas quote so each month. 
It's true. They'll never admit it, but they totally do have quotas. They have these little workarounds for it uh, in some some departments. They call it the departmental average. So it's not technically not a quota, but each officer has a, you know across the department there's an average number of tickets that are written each week or whatever the period time period is each month. And then if the officer in question, if each officer doesn't reach the departmental average, which inevitably some won't because it's an average, uh, but if the officer doesn't reach the departmental average, then they are facing punishment. So it effectively is a quota while not actually being a quota yeah exactly exactly if i had an ex-cop tell me one time he said listen you know if i don't do a certain amount each month then you know i get paid a lot less yep hey rob thanks for the call tonight appreciate your thoughts 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line you are invited to take control of these airwaves we've got two more hours left here so plenty of time for you and your thoughts also still on the way we've only gotten through one of the top five deathbed regrets and that is that uh wish the individual wishes they had the courage to live a life true to their self not the life others expected of them would love to hear your thoughts on that or whatever's on your mind 855-450-FREE Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. We're launching into the second hour of the show. You can bring up anything you want here tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. All right, 855-450-FREE. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the features that we give to you there. You can actually control the content of the site uh, and submit different things to it that you'll find online that you think are interesting. It can be a YouTube video, blog post, news item. Other listeners will then see it, vote on it, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Coming up here, as we continue throughout the show, we'll try to sprinkle in some of these top five deathbed regrets. What do people on their deathbeds have to say, looking back on their life, what is it that they wish they could have done differently? And what lessons can you, those of you who are still here, uh, take away from all that? So we'll share some more of that with you. And, of course, take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Let's go to, to start things out, Andrew, listening in Charleston, South Carolina, to WSCFM. Hello, Andrew. Hey, fellas. Hey, first of all, I just want to let you know I enjoy your show. Um, and then I just have a couple quick comments. Welcome, One sir. One of the ahead. things that uh, dawned on me about the, this whole seatbelt issue is that it's, it's a classic, it, it, though minor, it's a classic step of, uh, example of government overreach. And the reason so is that they have no they have no burden of proof, meaning that if they pulled me over and the cop decides that he, just for the sake of, of writing a ticket, that I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, he doesn't have to prove that I was wearing the seatbelt in order to write that ticket. Right. It's his word against yours. Exactly. And it, so it makes no difference. And I have – there's no burden of proof of guilt in, in order to uh, to do that. And that that flies in the face of, of our freedom. Oh, man. No kidding. Um, and anyone that's ever been in court before knows that the word of the cop is gold. It doesn't matter oh, if they're lying through their teeth. The man in the robe is going to believe what the cop says every single time over what you say. 
That's exactly right. And so there's almost no point in uh, in, in fighting it just because it's. Right. You're not going to win. There's I have a no situation time. where I was fighting a speeding ticket, and I had the officer on the stand. I pointed out how there was, uh, you know, that the officer had a gun in his hip, and they had taken my pocket knife from me when I came in. So there was some obviously some collusion between the uh, judicial branch and the executive in this uh, mm-hmm. this circumstance. Um, I asked the cop all kinds of questions about uh, who was in the car with me. Was there was there a passenger? What color was the car? Uh, you know, all kinds. Of, how many doors were on the car? All kinds of questions. The cop couldn't remember anything about this stop, including the color of the car, that my mom was in it, or anything like that. Guilty. And, and you know, the, the, the judge said, yep, but he's an experienced officer. He knows what he's talking about. That's it. Guilty. Yeah, but, it, 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 and there's no recourse. I mean, there's, it, and then not only on top of that, they also get you for the, co- the uh, court costs for having come in there to uh, fight the ticket in the first place. Well, in some places they do that. They, didn't do, they, do, they don't do that here, um, or at least in the court that I went to in New Hampshire. They thankfully, did not do that. they don't here. And they, Is it, as a matter of fact, the, uh, they they gave me uh, uh, some kind of uh, community service because I said I'm not going to pay your ticket. You can send me to jail. They right. gave me uh, community service to do, and uh, as all I did was uh, I did some public speaking at a uh, at an event, um, which I would have done anyway, yeah. and had it signed off by the not for profit. And bam, I'm you know taken care of. So for uh, me, it is. Yeah, for me, it is worth it to take it to court, even though I know I'm going to lose. I mean, I don't take it to court with any illusions that I have a chance of winning, but I take it to court with the idea that I want to clog their system, that I want to be a thorn in go. their side, and I want to make it as difficult as possible for them to, for them to get that conviction. Because if you don't take it to court, it's an instant conviction, and you don't, you know, it's 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 a done deal. You've got to pay, and that's that's that. Whereas if you do take it to court, you're wasting the prosecutor's time. They've got to make a case. There's a slight chance you might win, but very unlikely and then after the fact you can negotiate uh you know the terms as mark did with getting community service or or as i have done i've actually offered uh three times now to courts in new hampshire two different courts i've offered to pay the fine whatever they've issued me to a local charity rather than give it to the court because i don't want the courts to have more money but it wouldn't bother me if the homeless shelter or the food bank or you know some other local uh, charity had you know some extra money it sure did Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, real quickly, just a second point that I wanted to uh, that I want to make, and that is this: is that uh, you know that, that gentleman that called earlier about that he was for, that he's part of the Occupy movement. That if thousands of people would stand up and do something, he he kind of pointed out uh, something that has been something that has stuck in my craw for a long time. And that is that Americans are an apathetic country, and particularly conservatives. But but Americans are an apathetic group in that they don't vote based on principle, they vote based on issue, meaning they don't recognize the principle that is behind the issue that they're voting on, and particularly if it doesn't directly affect them. So, for instance, if if, if it's an issue that I don't vote on, I, I may not care about it, or it doesn't directly affect me, I may not care about it, but it's the principle behind the issue that's being voted on that, that really yep. is, that's where tyranny lies. You are absolutely and right, Andrew. I saw that in such uh, living color when I had a uh, I, it was, I was having dinner down in Florida before I moved to New Hampshire with uh, some relatives that had come down to visit my aunt and uncle from uh, from Illinois. And, you know, obviously, Illinois, one of the most statist places uh, to, to come from in this country. But this is this viewpoint that you're talking about is a real problem across a lot of Americans from coast to coast. And that is we were talking about the foie gras ban in Chicago at the time. I they, believe it's been lifted. 
I believe it has as well. But it was in effect at that time, and that was in, it was a discussion we were having at the, the dinner table. And I, you know, said that I don't necessarily agree with how foie gras is created, but I don't think that uh, people should be forced at the threat of violence to not purchase it or not make it or or whatever. And that that's what they were trying to do in Chicago. And the viewpoint of my aunt and uncle was essentially that well, it doesn't affect them, so they don't care. We don't eat foie gras. Yeah, we don't eat foie gras, so it doesn't matter what happens to those people that want to. And and it right. really you know it leads you right back to the old Pastor Martin Niemöller uh, quote uh, poem from the I think it was 1940, early 1940s, uh, where you know he essentially said first they came for the communists and I wasn't a communist so I didn't stand up and then they came for the trade unionists and I wasn't a trade unionist so I didn't stand up and then they eventually came for me and at that point there was no one left to uh, to stand up and that's how they're going to do it they're just going to pick people off left and right there's going to be new laws new regulations that uh, people are just getting taken down for going to jail getting arrested getting uh, records and then before you know it everybody's a criminal and that's and you know it, it tyranny creeps in like someone like a, like a butcher cutting a salami it's it is slice at a time until that salami is finally gone. <laughs> Thanks, and that's exactly Andrew. What we have going on. I appreciate your call tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Let's continue and talk to Chris listening to KOTA in Rapid City, South Dakota. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. All right, I have a couple questions actually. The Go first ahead. one was the school thing. You said you're getting ready to get served a, uh, a no trespassing order for this school. That's my belief, yes. I, I mean, I, okay. I haven't talked to the cops yet. They've been showing up and trying to find me. Okay. Did you ever talk to the administration of the school to say, hey, can I come on your campus and talk uh, to these kids about this issue? It's a fine question, and that seems to be the crux of uh, where a lot of the disagreements come in. Over at the Free Keen Facebook page, there have been a lot of uh, young people from the school that have been commenting uh, because they're upset that we didn't go and ask permission. We just walked right up, you know, like we're human beings with the right to speak and the right to assemble on public property. And uh, we just walked right up and started passing things out or offering uh, offering literature to these young people. And the the man who calls himself the principal did uh, approach us and uh, told us that we were supposed to go through the process, that there's the school <laughs> we board. We put a process in, in place so that we could tell you no. There's the school board building right over there. You could just go and ask permission. But the problem I have with that is, well, first of all, Mark pointed out that, yes, the answer is usually no when you ask permission. Or if it's not, if it's not an immediate no, it's, well, you've got to go submit it to this board over here, and then there's a three-month approval process and then don't forget you have to approve it over here and there's like you know you're before you know it it's six months later site plan and bonding yeah um, right before you know it it's six months later and you still don't have an answer from these people yes yes you have a constitutional right to peaceably assemble you just have to go through our steps but that's the problem if you ask permission you don't have a right and that's where the real issue comes in because these kids at the school have been taught that they have to ask permission you want to go to the bathroom you have to ask permission you want to go down the hall you have to get a hall pass i mean this is one of this part and parcel of the government indoctrination system. It's a very permission-oriented system. And so if you have a right to assemble, then you should just go and assemble. You shouldn't ask permission because you're negating the fact that you have a right at that point. Does that make sense? It does. Certainly it does. However, I would pose to you this then. What's to prevent the local um, child porn site from... You know, walking onto their their campus and taking pictures of these kids, and then doing it that way. I, well, I, child porn? Not a, really child porn. If do the, the kids, kids in your ca- county go to school naked? Oh, well, hold on, Chris. We'll bring you back here. if you stick with us. We'll uh, continue this conversation. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything that you want. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. 
in every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want, 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there for you. We've got a mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. Get quick access to our live streams there and also the podcast, m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Dot com. We were uh, mentioning here what uh, how what one should do if one goes to court, and um, well, jurisdictionary.com is a great course on how to well find out how to do everything you need to do when you go to court, whether it's uh, move the court, uh, you know, get evidence, uh, you know, make objections, all the things you need to know. Jurisdictionary.com will tell you how to do it, and the four CD course is so easy. The average eighth grader could learn it at a weekend. This stuff isn't that hard. You just have to have the information. If you don't have that information, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good good attorney. This is what you should have learned in civics class. Visit Jurisdictionary.com. Download all the free tools they have there for you. They've got all kinds of free tools. Free legal uh, legal flowchart, a free weekly tips and tactics newsletter, free legal dictionary, free videos. When you buy the course, and please buy the course, because if you're going to fight tickets or uh, you know whatever, you need to know the court's rules. Remember to use the pull down menu when you check out. Let them know uh, that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. All right, so let's continue with Chris listening in Rapid City to KOTA. Chris was calling in reference to. Uh, something I mentioned, the police are out looking for me. They've got something. I think they have a love note for me. Uh, they want to probably tell me to, uh, that I'm not allowed to go on the school campus at uh, Monadnock Regional High School in the area here as every week. Uh, liberty activists, some liberty activists, this is, a, this is a particular form of activism that uh, is controversial. Not everyone agrees with it. Yeah, I'm not at all um, interested. But some people, you know, you're not interested in a lot of stuff, Mark. Yeah. But some people, uh, including myself, have been going out to local schools and have been doing outreach, have been holding banners at uh, the side of the road and in some cases passing out flyers uh, to some of the students that are getting out of school. And the rationale is that this is a good time to reach kids because they're all in one place at one time. It's a it's a concentrated uh, time period. You know, you spend 15, 20 minutes as the buses are pulling out and, you know, wave at people, hold a banner and hand stuff out to folks. It's a good good way to uh, to reach as many people in a short period of time as possible. But some people are, are rubbed the wrong way by this. And one of the things that uh, has upset them is that we haven't asked permission. We could just go to the school board and, and, sh- and submit to them what it is that we want to pass out. And then, in theory, they'll give us their blessing uh, and we'll supposedly be able to do it. But I don't believe that for a moment because my experience in dealing with bureaucracy is whenever you ask permission, the answer is usually no. And besides that, there's a principle to the matter, which is that asking permission 
is an abrogation of the right. If I have a right to free speech and a right to assemble on public property, and if a school is public public property, then I should have a right to be there passing things out. And Chris said he got that part, but then went to the issue of, well, what if it was a child porn site that wanted to stand there and snap photos of these kids and post them online? Was that pretty much what you said, Chris? More or less, yeah. If, dude, if you're going to stay here and talk about you know the, the right to freedom of assembly and to walk out onto a school campus and say, hey, you know, here you go, kids, look at this stuff. What's to prevent some child porn guy doing the exact same thing? So uh, is he I, passing I mean, out child porn or is he taking pictures for his porn site? I'm, I'm confused. He, he could do either one. Well, he could According do. He, you, could, he could do either one. He could take pictures from the sidewalk with a telephoto lens if that's what he wanted to do. Or probably what would make more sense is just go to these kids' Facebook pages and leer lecherously at them there. Yeah, you could search for the school well, name but, on Facebook and then find all the, the kids based on the school they go to. Uh, that's a whole other issue. Okay, and, and that goes into privacy rights. And well, should the guy be able to stand rights. on the sidewalk with a telephoto lens, or is it only a problem if he's right there in front of the school? You are, are you right in front of the school? Yeah, we're standing, we were standing right out in front of the, the school and handing things out to kids as they were getting out. Okay, then, then let's talk apples and apples. If the guy's standing there snapping photos right on the side of the school, then no, he should not be allowed to do that. But it's all Simply right. Simply because it is, becomes, no, because it becomes a safety issue. Is it all right if, okay. uh, well, wait a minute, is it all right for him to stand on the sidewalk and snap photos? If he's across the street and they can't do anything to that man, there's nothing that they can do. So why is it a safety issue? They can do nothing to you. But if he's on school property just like you are, it becomes a safety issue. Why? Who's to say that some kid doesn't like what he has to say or even what you have to say and decides to go after you? Well, and there's a possibility. Your... So here's the here's there a here's a problem. Um, they the could pr- do that the on the street is, too. The problem is the the tragedy of the commons, right? As a parent, um, I of a ch- of a four year old who we are going to homeschool, I am forced to pay for your and everybody else's kids to go to some school that um, you know I'm not going to send my kid to, but. I can then not go to that school. Every time I dr- I can't step on that property of that school because I could be a terrorist threat to these kids. I could be a pedophile. I could be God knows what I could be, right? So, um, you know, the problem is that my money is taken at the threat of my family being kicked out into the cold. They take my house away from me if I don't pay for their, uh, mm-hmm. their, their little government indoctrination center. Don't you think that that's a problem philosophically? Philosophically, yes. Legally, no. I don't care about the law. Years. The law is a bunch of law- uh, lawyers, people that, that lie professionally, uh, writing crap down on a piece of paper. I don't care about well, the law. It bothers me. Hence the crux of the issue. You're, 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 can, you're talking about one thing and then complaining about an absolute another. If you're going to accept the concept that this is a nation of laws, this is <laughs> 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 what a bunch of crock. <laughs> Have you ever seen a cop pull over a cop and give him a speeding ticket? Yes, actually, I have. Have you ever seen? In fact, fact, let's talk about that for a second. Let's do that. No, no. You brought this up with the last caller, or or I guess he brought it up to you about the cops having all the power and the judges going, oh, it's the cop. He can do whatever he wants. Pretty much. Have a nice day. Good luck with that, kid. No. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Every speeding ticket, every traffic violation, every ticket I have ever had in the city of Philadelphia, I have gone to the courts, I have fought, and I have won again. Congratulations. When I lived in, when I lived in California, I did the exact same thing. And What's you know your what? secret? I talk to the judge like he's a person. That's you should. I say, all right, 
kind sir, here's how it works. This is what happened. This is what I did. And this is what he's telling you that I did. And here's my friend that was with me exactly at that time. And if you look, the, ju- the, the cop said, yeah, there was a person there. Here's what happened. This is an impartial person saying, you know, hey, no, no, the cop's wrong. And every time I've how many tickets, how many tickets have you defeated in in Philadelphia? Eighteen in California. Six. You are an amazing here in man. South Dakota. No I mean, one I know has ever South had Dakota, that kind I've of. This is the be- this is better than winning the lottery. I mean, I have uh, you know this. Dude, no, I'm not that lucky. Yes, you are. Okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> let, look, dude, <laughs> no, I've never no, seen that. I have never. tried. I have never won the lottery. Okay. Well, uh, you don't have to win the. Oh, hold on. Um, the, the claim that you're making, which of course is completely unfounded. Um, I mean, you know, we're going to take your word for it. Is that you in Philadelphia fought 18 tickets and won them uh, because you know you talked to the judge like he was human? I can't. It's it's hard for me to imagine that you had a passenger every one of those times, and I'm sure that that's not what your claim is. But I mean, you know, do you think the average person could really pull that off? I don't think so. Chris, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight five five four fifty free. I've been in so many court trials in the last five years of my life, not just for myself, but to watch other people's trials. It <laughs> doesn't happen like that around these parts. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. You didn't tell us the story about the cops giving cops tickets. That's all right. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And want to invite you two weeks from tonight to the Liberty Forum. The Free State Project's putting it on again, and it is a great event. We've been to every single Liberty Forum that has ever occurred, and Free Talk Live is broadcast live from those. We'll, we'll be broadcasting live in two weeks as well. Uh, looking forward to meeting a lot of uh, Free Talk Live listeners and new faces, uh, people who are coming here to New Hampshire to experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, because unlike that last caller's magical world where he walks into a courthouse and just apparently bedazzles the judge into finding him not guilty 18 times in his life. Uh, most of us have a real tough time with uh, with being free. It's uh, we- so different than my world. And the you know the, I, I've probably been to more courtrooms and seen more court cases than the average person has seen, and I've seen what I consider to be open and shut cases be shut the other direction in a uh, in, in the blink of an eye. Yep. And you know, in in your case, they you know go beyond the speedy trial rules and stuff like that. You know, just, just you know one uh, one miscarriage of justice after, after another. another. They break their own rules and, left and right, and they're just oppressing people. And, and uh, you know what his his uh, view of things is so entirely different than mine that I don't know what to do with it. I just can't believe it. Right. I mean, really. For me, it's just beyond belief. I have no, you know, I mean, how can he give it? He can't give evidence. I'd love to see him radio, bring a video. But, well, he could. He could bring a video camera into his next well, trial and then post the video on YouTube showing him pwning the uh, the judge. 
anyway, my point being, a lot of people are frustrated with the state of liberty in this country and around the world as well. And they've joined the Free State Project in order to make the move to New Hampshire and join together with others like us. Uh, Mark, we moved here almost you know, five and a half years ago at this point to get, gather together with other freedom-minded people. People are making the move here all the time. There's a new guy that just moved uh, into Keene last week. There's another family that's coming from uh, Ukraine that's moving in next week, apparently. So there's new people coming in all the time, and they're getting active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And that's part of what the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is about, is bringing these people together into one place for a weekend to have a convention. Uh, so a lot of people who are already here, like us, will be there. And other people who are considering a move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project will also be coming up to visit, perhaps. Maybe they're on the fence still. Maybe they're not sure as to whether or not to... Maybe you're still on the fence. Maybe you're not sure as to whether or not you want uh, to make the move. Maybe you're not sure if this is for real. Maybe you think we're making this stuff up about all these liberty-minded people, over a thousand people together now in the same place, a thousand activists in the same place. See it for yourself. Meet these people. They are real, and they are very inspirational. They're people who are getting down and dirty. They're doing what it takes to uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime, whether it be working in politics or creating uh, civil disobedience or media. There's so much happening, and a lot of it will be discussed at the Liberty Forum. Great guest speakers as well, and it's all very affordable. You'd be shocked how affordable this convention is. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And you can get signed up there. Use our discount code, by the way, to save 10%, which is FTL2012. That's FTL2012 to save 10% at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. Sheldon is on the line in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live, Sheldon. Yes, thank you. I just want to thank you, too, for your radio show that allows people to speak and exercise their First Amendment rights. And um, I turned into your show when you're talking about regrets on the deathbed, and then it went to government overreach mm. into seatbelts. And I was going to call in about light bulbs. Go <laughs> for it. Last caller, well, your last caller who was talking and um, talk about that guy. What if he came onto a school like you know you had gone onto the school to give out flyers, mm-hmm. and he was talking about well, what if he was some guy came on there and stepping pictures of children? You know, I thought he's judging a person standing on a sidewalk. You know, and you have a right to have a camera if you want. We all got That's them right. in our phones. And he wants to take away everybody's liberty because he's fearful that this guy might have wrong motive. Right. And he's judging this guy. How does he know what's in the guy's heart? And um, I liked what you said um, in defense of the Tea Party because words are powerful. And the news media has painted the Tea Party to be something awful. And I, in 2000, did not vote for. George Bush. I didn't vote for um, Al Gore. I didn't follow their rules. I voted for Ralph Nader. And at the tea parties, I was where I met the um, Ron Paul supporters. Mm. There's all kinds of people in the tea party. I've been to three tea parties. I live in Washington, two up in Olympia. And and I'm just going to tell you my observations. Um, there are there are Democrats there. There are Republicans. There's a lot of conservative Republicans. There are independents. There are liberal people. There's all kinds of people. There's far-right people, you know, that um, there was a booth up there, and they weren't a part of the big group, but they had um, our current president, Obama, painted like Hitler. But, you know, they were doing their own thing. And yeah. so you can't paint one person. 
it's not right. It's not fair. It's not yeah. It's not fair to uh, to group everybody together as though they're the same. The people in the Tea Party are different. The people in the Occupy movement are different. And it's interesting you're pointing out. You know there may even be some crossover between them. I'm curious. When was the last Tea Party uh, happened in your area? Because there hasn't been one around here for probably about a year. It was a year ago, and it was on the Fourth of July that I went Olympia. Gotcha. I don't know if there's been another one. And here's another thing. Um, they talked about us being paid to go there and da-da-da-da-da, you know what I'm saying, the stuff they say in the news. That's not true. Nobody paid me. Nobody encouraged me to go. I chose to go of my own free will. I made my own sign, and my sign said this, and I, and I have two signs. My first sign said T-E-A, taxed enough already. Mm-hmm. I Same am here. not rich. I'm poor, you know, and I, I just... I'm not anyway, I I may disagree with you a little bit because I started to do what I am saying that was frustrating me. I started to judge the Occupy movement because I heard about some of them breaking into the courthouse. Mm-hmm. I heard about some of them throwing urine on a truck. I then I heard this week in California they burn a flag and I don't like that because I'm also a gold star mother and my son died in Afghanistan and it's hard for me but, you know, to see its leg burn, but then they're exercising their free right. But it is very hard for me to watch that. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally understood, Sheldon. I thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm always happy to hear when people acknowledge that, hey, people are different. Just because someone shows up at, uh, you know, the Occupy event doesn't mean that they are going to break into somewhere and destroy things. And just because someone shows up at a tea party doesn't make them a fascist. Uh, I mean, there's it's just not fair to label people because of where they go or, or what they and some of the seen. Occupy movements have been different than others. You know, Occupy Washington and Occupy, uh, you know, Wall Oakland. Street. Yeah, Occupy o- Oakland is probably the uh, the most extreme of them. So they're you know just like the Tea Party, they have no central control. You don't know what these people want, and different Tea Parties have been different too. Some yeah. of them are just you know right wingers doing their thing, and I think that it, frankly, it's the Republican election, the Republican primary election, that has uh, fractured the Tea Party to the point that it's really at this point doesn't exist. It may come back. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the people are supporting their candidate. And I think that a lot of different Tea Partiers support a lot of different people. Let's go to David listening in Charleston to WSCFM. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, what's um, on your mind? I was originally uh, calling in about the uh, the school issue. And I think, uh, yes, I mean, we would avoid a lot of these arguments like the prayer in schools and all this stuff if we would just get the government out of the schools. Absolutely. Then all the schools would be private property and I wouldn't go anywhere near them. Exactly. Yeah, you just you know they make the rules, and then you know. And I wouldn't want somebody approaching my children without my permission. You know, I, I think that. Well, now that, hold on. I'm curious. When you say your children, what do you define as a child? Because I'm approaching teenagers. Um. Yeah. I mean, I would. Uh, well, I, that'd probably be something. You know, my decision. Um, but yeah, somewhere in the teen years would be. I, I think would be reasonable, but. Um, I mean, on the on the street and things like that. But as far as, far as the school, I think it's perfectly reasonable in a you know a private school setting, um, you know, where they make the rules and allow people to come in, um, you know, based upon a, a process. Right. You know, well, if it's private property, I'll respect the rules of the private property owner. But in this case, yeah. it's so, it's so called public property. If you've got more comments, right. hang on, we'll bring you back. Uh, but uh, if it's public property, then we have supposed rights that are supposed to apply. Now, we all know that's a bunch of nonsense, which is why they're going to be able to tell me I can't trespass there anymore. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, live Saturday edition of the program here tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. 1-855-453. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, and we give them to you. So enjoy those. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can go and become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And what it is is it's us asking you for 3 bucks a month, and we'll take that money and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. If that sounds valuable to you, then you can help us out and get some perks like access to the AMP Only call-in lines, AMP Only podcast forum, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. You know, I don't know about you, but I find that I have a difficult time carving time out of my day to sit down with a book anymore. I used to, you know, segregate time to do that and make sure that I get it done, but... I'm not as good at it as I used to be. Not nearly as good. There are books sitting around that I've been supposed to read for a year now and pamphlets and magazines and they just keep piling up. But I am still consuming books that I want to read. I'm consuming them through audiobooks, uh, you know, whether I'm you know, exercising or working out in the yard or you know, driving someplace. I find that it's a, a great way to consume the material that I need to consume and to do it while I do other things. um, Audible.com is the world's leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. They've got every book category you can imagine over there, more than 150 titles in every area, and you can get a free one. From Audible, you get a free book, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you go to there, go to that location, they'll give you a free download of any book that they've got in their library. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You'll get a free gold membership and a free download. It's a great deal. It's a gift from Audible and Free Talk Live to you, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Let's continue and go back to uh, David listening in Charleston to WSCFM. David, you're back on Free Talk Live. Uh, I want to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, uh, I, I did want to say one thing about the Occupy movements uh, versus the Tea Party. Um, I, I, I did miss the beginning of uh, when you guys started talking about it, but um, I, I've been to some Tea Party rallies, and it has been a while. Um, since I guess we've had one maybe in my town, uh, but uh, um, I, there is a major difference. And uh, the Occupy rallies, as far as I know, are being backed, um, maybe not completely. I mean, of course, people are coming out on their own, but there definitely is funding uh, going back to George Soros. Um, and uh, I am a Glenn Beck listener, so that's where most of my information comes from. Well, that's, it's a true but, statement. There's some funding coming from there, but you do know that there's right. some funding for the Tea Party coming from the Koch brothers, right? Rupert Murdoch and people like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, well there's, so, I mean, just because I, there, I mean, there just was, there wealthy were no people... party rallies that I've been to, I, I don't know of any that received, I don't know of a Tea Party rally. There is the new Tea Party, and I don't know how the money flows. 
I'd like to know where my check is. Uh, I mean, I've been to both tea parties and Occupy functions here in Keene, New Hampshire, and no one's ever cut me a check. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying people are paid to be there. I mean, I'll leave that up to the union. Well, where does the money come from? Because I oh, hold on, because I started OccupyKeene.com, and other people started the Twitter channel and the uh, you know the Facebook page. Nobody's been paid to do this. They're all local people. There was one lady. Uh, the very first Occupy meeting that happened here in Keene, some lady came up from New York City, and she acted like she had all the answers. She came and she's like, well, you should listen to me. I've done all this before. I am an expert. I've been doing this since the 1960s. I'm from the New York Times. And, and everybody basically looked askance at this woman and, and uh, essentially ostracized her right out of the group. She never came back uh, after that. It's a long so, trip from New York. At least right. from my observations, and I'm you know, on the inner circle, if you will, I'm one of the most uh, consistent people to show up to occupy in in this area uh, there's no money coming in at all from the outside period right and i don't think there was i mean there was a small like 12 people that showed up at an occupy charleston event sat in the brittle bank park and talked um but uh you know when you go back to new york city and you look at the actual you look at what they had set up in that plaza where it all started they had medical treatment they had uh they had three meals a day, just giant cook tents. They had all kinds of things, and somebody had to pay for that. That's cool. And um, is there I mean, a problem the with that? People I mean, actually living there. They were handing out tents. They were, you know, sleeping bags. And, and what's wrong that with nature. that? I mean, is there something wrong with someone supporting someone who has money supporting a movement? No, I, I, I don't. Um, I don't have a problem with. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with money. I'm, I'm not. You know, get the money on a pilot, Get the money. All that stuff. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is the intentions of Soros, which I, I, I believe from what I've from what I've heard is this is all part of a, a plan to cause chaos. You look at the Oakland rallies; they were as of a week ago they were chanting "Kill the cops." Now I know you guys, I mean, are not big fans of the police, and I'm not either of how they get the money. But chanting "kill anybody" is really not a I, good. I idea. agree with that. Hold it's a bad on, idea. And, and when it comes to the Oakland rallies, you're talking about one really radical group of people um, in the Occupy. You know, the the Occupy movement is a desperate, different groups uh, set disparate. of groups. Desperate. D i s p e r a t. It's spelled differently. Desperate would be uh, desperation. Yes, I understand. But desperate means different, also. Disparate. Disparate. It's, it's spelled differently. Great, thanks. The um, so you're talking about different groups uh, that that are entirely different. I mean, there've been people at the uh, the Tea Party movements with uh, pictures of Obama made up like Hitler. Um, you know. Uh, Racist, uh, racist term, terms on uh, signs. Just because a few people have shown up like that doesn't mean the Tea Party's racist. It just means that there are some people out there that have some radical ideas. I hate to see a group painted poorly by the actions of a small segment of them. And if it's okay to do that, then it's okay to call, uh, you know, all cops uh, brutalizers. It's able to, you're able to call uh, all politicians uh, liars and thieves. I think Usually that's pretty true. safe. I think that's a pretty safe one, actually. Um, I'll give Ron Paul a pass, but aside. You know, I mean, these are just, these are blanket statements. Because there is one thing, I mean, Soros, I believe he has intentions when you go back. I know it's not a monolith. But um, and, and there are a lot of people there, but I, I would um, caution people to be careful who they stand with, because I definitely, you know, I may agree with a Nazi on, you know, one little item somewhere, but I'm not going to ever stand with a Nazi. I'm not going to stand with a communist. I'm not going to stand with people that, you know, the mass murderers. I'm not going to stand with those people 
and the people that will bring back eugenics and, and things like that. And George, George Soros, when you look at what he's done, I, I believe it's five times now in different countries, um, it's not just an attack on the currency, which is where he makes his money by shorting the currency um, and, collap- and, you know, and collapsing it. He well, also, the government's going to collapse this uh, currency, and they're going to do it all the by election. themselves. <laughs> he also usurps what? Well, right, but well, he he usurps the um, uh, he usurps the elections by causing chaos before the election. And then are we talking about fraud, one man know here? No, there's massive fraud. Really? Yeah, well, are you he, still he, talking about George Soros? Yes, I'm talking about George Soros, but I'm not saying he's the whole mastermind. I'm just saying this is what he does. And you listen to his own words. He has said he's now focusing on America. Um, he believes in an open society, which is basically world communism. That's the well. I don't know. Society. I mean, honestly, I haven't looked at that much into George Soros. I hear he believes in marijuana decriminalization, so I agree with him on that one. I mean, that's all. I, that's all I really heard about this, the guy. This guy believes in world, one world government, world one world level communism. Um, that's what he believes, and he believes in collapsing the United States is, you know, the next step to that. Well, so I would be fine United with collapsing the United States because that would be right, decentralization. Not, not subservient, but not in order to make it subservient. Yeah, I see, what, I see what you're saying. And if that's and true, then that's, that's obviously something to be concerned right. and, with. And what he does causes chaos before the election, which, and then when you have the, the, then they claim fraud during the elections, which we know we already have fraud here. Yeah. And then after the elections, you call people back out into the streets and that's how you cause a revol- you know, and try to cause a revolution of sorts. David, hey, thanks um, for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, in my experience in the Occupy movement, there is no underlying uh, message that is consistent across it. As you pointed out, Mark, Occupy Oakland, very different from the remainder of the Occupies uh, across the country. Uh, certainly has nothing to do with what's you know the Occupy movement here in in New Hampshire. So you know what I hear there is I hear the conspiracy theories that I hear on the left of well Rupert Murdoch is doing this that and the other and the Tea Parties are a bunch of fascists and they want to you know I mean it just it, the it, Koch brothers the Koch brothers that they're 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 undermining the democracy and and I mean you just over and over you hear it's like they want so badly so badly to get you to pay attention to the other side so that they can go about screwing you. That's what the government's all about. Michael's on the line in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Michael. Hey, Mark and Ian. Hey, what's on your mind um, tonight? Well, I, I wanted to ask y'all more of a theoretical question. All right. That's about the uh, left and right paradigm. Sure. Because y'all do sometimes use those terms and. uh some people, especially libertarians, are critical of, of those terms. The one, I wanted to ask you all about that and, and give you my take on it, too. Sure. We'd love to talk to you about that. Hang on, Michael. 855-450-FREE, the left-right paradigm, and your thoughts about what you want. one 855 plus deathbed regrets. If we get a chance, we'll get back into those as well. Hour three's next. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. 
It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. Launching into the third hour of the program, you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line here tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. And you can get interactive. You can submit different things to the website. And then other uh, folks can vote on whether or not they like what you've suggested. You get to vote on things as well. The most liked make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. We're going to jump right back into your phone calls. Also coming up, we'll uh, continue down this uh, top five list of the things the people on their deathbed regret the most. Uh, We'll first go back to your calls, though. Michael, listening in South Carolina, you wanted to talk about the left-right paradigm, among other things. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what you think about those terms, um, because I know a lot of libertarians are critical of them, and you know, I want to ask you that and, and then give you my take on it. Go for it. Well, I guess he's asking well, us what our take on it is first. The, the take right. on what exactly? You the, can can what you, you clarify? Mean by the well, ref- these terms, left and right, and how useful they are. I think they're mostly useless. I think they they may describe some slight variations in statist thinking. Uh, you can make general statements that are not true across the board. Uh, you can make statements like, well, the right uh, believes that the government should control your personal life, but may lean more towards economic freedom. But of course, that's not true when it comes to uh, funding application. The, you know, funding the, uh, the you know the the wars out there and the the so-called defense um, side of the government. So that, you know, obviously there's holes that can easily be punched in these general statements. The left may be more in favor of personal freedom and less in favor of economic freedom, but that's not true when you look at how uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, and Tipper Gore want to create uh, bans on video game violence or uh, violent musical lyrics and things like that. So in reality, there's not much of a difference between the left and the right. There are uh, two sides of the same big government coin, in my opinion. Mark, what, what do you think? I was just curious. You know, I think that uh, depends on who you're talking to. You that at times you can use this terminology left and right to some with some facility. Um, it you know, I mean, to some extent, it talks about concerns that people have in different areas and things like that. But mostly, I think that these uh, these are terms used to separate us. Hmm. What do you think? Well, well, my view is that that on a cultural level, I think left and right are useful. Like, some people like myself are very traditional, while others are you know, anti-traditional or modernist. So I think on a cultural level, it describes this tendency. But when it comes to the state, I don't think it's very useful because they're statists on the left, right, and in their center. So, you know, when it comes to the question of, of the state, I have, you know, I may have more in common with those on the left or in the center uh, than those who share my own cultural values but believe in status intervention. Well, I think the problem with it, uh, any way you slice it, is what does it really mean to be left and what does it really mean to be right? There are no real defined answers to that, whereas we can define people on whether or not they support freedom. 
You know, how many issues on which issues do you support freedom? Do you understand the principles of liberty? Uh, the people on the left and the right are not principled. And so therefore, there's no they're, they're not following any kind of guidelines. They're just kind of blowing with the wind and doing well, what's popular. And they both and as you've said, they both support the state. So if you support using the state to do whatever X is, um, you know, whether it is to feed the poor or to, uh, you, know, you know, open up a school or do whatever it is that uh, you do, then you've legitimized people using the state to do whatever it is they want to do, whether that's to start a war or to prevent people from gambling or whatever they want to do. Right, right. But wouldn't you admit, though, that, and I agree with all that. Sure, I agree though. with both of you. But, but wouldn't you say that there is a difference uh, in tendencies amongst people who, you know, some people, again, like myself, are very traditional. And, and you know, we look to, to the past a lot. We look to uh, the cultural norms uh, in a different way than, than some people who I would identify as leftists to don't value you know traditional aspects as much. I mean, as, the, the statement know, like that is just so it it seems so inapplicable. I mean, are you suggesting that people on the left uh, don't have traditions that they don't uh, you know celebrate holidays and other traditions like you know they don't get married? I mean, these are not true statements. Sure. Well, sure, they, they they do have some of these things, but there's a more of a hostility in a, in particular, I think, to Western civilization. You know. Dr. Paul Godfrey, Dr. Uh, Hans Hoppe, uh, Keith Preston, other people like this who are very libertarian, you know, they've talked about this this tendency on the left of being very hostile to Western civilization, to traditional values and so on. And, you know, I may have a lot... What is a traditional value? Uh, Well, I I think the traditional uh, way of looking at the world is that you, you draw inspiration from the past. You don't look at the past as just, you know, one long series of of uh, atrocities the way the left does. Well, I don't I, know if that's true. I mean, just to just a label like to say that people who are on the left don't aren't inspired by the past. I mean, frequently you'll hear people on the left citing uh, people from the past that they respect, whether it be uh, Karl Marx or F- Franklin Delano Roosevelt or or whomever. Yeah, I mean, it just seems absurd. But Marx is very anti-Georgia. He looked at it as, as you know, a history of oppression. Well, I you think know? you're defining but, tradition in the way that suits you, and that's, you know, it's fine. You can define it however you want. Uh, but I think to just say that, you know, the, the, the left has no respect for the past, I think, is absurd. Well, I wouldn't say that they have no respect for the past, but look at the tendencies of people like, you know, like Edmund Burke. I guess he's a quintessential conservative, you know, a right-winger, I guess, of, in history, and someone like Karl Marx. And then there's lots of people from then until now who've identified, broadly speaking, with one or more of these tendencies. And so you, are you saying that there's no value to, the, to that? To what? To that identification, to these kind of tendencies. I have to say, I'm lost at this point. Well, the t- he's he's claiming that the you know that there's is there value to the um the the, the to having a term to indicate what tendencies people have, and I I think that the term is I, I wonder whether there is value um, actually, Michael, because right. there the the term left and right has been so used to identify left and right statism that I think that that's what it means now. Yes, you can be a conservative individual in your life, and I generally am. But, I, you know, it, what's the value in that? That doesn't mean that I don't see the atrocities in history at the same time. 
Right. right. Well, I mean, I think that's a good point you make, and and I don't disagree with you. And you know, they're they're right. I think they're you know right wing anarchists. Uh, but then there's also like Nazis. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, both- I'd rather just flush the whole left right uh, paradigm and just look at people individually and you know judge. If you're going to make a judgment, judge them based on their individual beliefs. I thank you for the All call, right. Michael. Appreciate hearing from you. Peter's in Brattleboro, Vermont, listening to WKVT. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, uh, this is Peter in Brattleboro. Yes, um, as uh, most people know, there's a uh, nuclear power plant about seven miles from here. And it's the same type of Mark One boiling water reactor that melted down in Fukushima. So I've heard. Yeah, there's a bunch of those uh, around the, yeah. the United States of the world, isn't there? That's, yep. Yeah, there's there's 31 in the United States out of uh, I think we have 106 reactors. But okay. I, 31 of them, I believe, are Mark One boiling water reactors. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you were talking earlier about. Um, activism and that type of thing. Uh, <clears throat> there will be some major protests uh, in Mar- coming up in March. Uh, the first one is going to be uh, students are going to walk from Greenfield and wind up uh, at the um, Vermont Yankee Gates on March 3rd. And then there will be two major protests, so one on March 22nd, the day after they will be operating illegally and one on March 31st. And I say illegally because I don't believe that they're going to get the Certificate of Public Good from the uh, Vermont Public Service. Did they, didn't I they thought get the federal it from government, the feds? I thought the federal government ordered Vermont to give it to them. No. Uh, the What happened was that uh, Judge Murtha, in his decision, uh, remained the um, decision uh, to be in the hands of... Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy around so nuclear power, and I think it's an I think it's an interesting issue. I think that uh, well, yes, I, I just want to say I just wanted to say one thing, and that is, ninety thousand people were evacuated from Fukushima, and it does not take an earthquake or a tsunami to cause a meltdown. There Pretty scary stuff, no doubt about it. Thanks, Peter, for the call. There's more coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. The toll-free number, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can watch, listen, and interact on the webcam page. The chat room is built into the same page. So go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things. They're free, of course. Cam.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear... ManVentureOutpost.com has what you need. They've got everything. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything that the outdoors person might want. And... 
they've got it at rates that will really surprise you. If you're uh, if, if you buy a lot of outdoor gear, check out manventureoutpost.com. They've got prices that are stunningly low. They're family owned and members in good standing, the Better Business Bureau. And uh, in fact, some of the prices are so low the they can't even mention on the air because manufacturers get all upset. Uh, you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. You can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. We had a gentleman call a moment ago. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. Just a few more thoughts on nuclear power. It, you know, There are definitely some scary situations when it comes to uh, nuclear reactors uh, melting down. Especially really old technology. Yeah, and uh, I did see in the news this week that the feds have finally approved the first construction projects for new nuclear facilities in something like 30 years. And it's just incredible that it's taken so long for something like this to happen. They're so... The, the the power business is so incredibly heavily regulated that it's Im- almost impossible to have real development uh, go on where you know these existing plants can be uh, you know, there there can be new tech uh, added to them and made uh, safer but if essentially that hasn't happened or right. they've shut down or replaced is- Old technology is generally not as safe as new technology. You can't have innovation when um, you're stifled in, in that way. And I, I'm disturbed by some of the things that have gone on at Vermont Yankee, some of the uh, leaks of tritium into the, the Connecticut River. I don't like that stuff either. But that's not going to be fixed by forcing the nuclear industry to stick with the same old reactors. They need well, to be able to try new things. We were talking during the break with uh, someone you're going to be interviewing after the show, Mark. It's going to be a podcast interview. I don't know if it's probably going to end up on tomorrow night's show, I would guess. Uh, you've got Bill Walker uh, that you're going to be talking to from LouRockwell.com, and he's done a lot of uh, research. Actually, this was from Antiwar.com. But he's oh, I believe he blogs over at Lou Rockwell. Uh, he does. Yeah, both. So uh, anyway, uh, Antiwar.com is a great site, too. Uh, anyway, he was talking about how he knows uh, quite a bit about the nuclear bis- uh, the nuclear business, and it, it turns out that they don't even have liability. Like, apparently the federal government is backing them with your tax dollars. So they're not in any way, shape, or form liable for the damage that uh, might be done. If there's a reactor meltdown here in the States... It's not there. Butts on the line. Right. That's the, the fire department's going to get called out, and the hazmat units, and all those other things. So the the security for their business is being provided on the backs of the taxpayers. Once again, right. they should be responsible for their actions. Not only that, but uh, in addition, the word is that the there are there's new tech out there as of like the eighties. Uh, that prevents meltdowns, but the U.S. government isn't necessarily allowing it to uh, to happen here. They've got new low-level uh, nuclear reactors that don't even – I guess they don't even use the uranium or whatever. They use different uh, isotopes or something that you – know, they, they, they don't run as hot, but they still create power. And these are the kind of things that need to be tried. They've got little ones that will run neighborhoods. Right. If we had a free market – I've seen those on, online. They're fascinating. Uh, if we – you know, that if, if you've seen those power boxes – I remember they, I saw them down in Florida. They don't have them here. The Florida Power and Light Company had them. They, they had these like green power green boxes, boxes, and yeah, they, sure. they'd, they'd be in like someone's backyard throughout neighborhoods. And just imagine having one of those in a neighborhood and uh, being able to operate, or you know, something the size of a garage or whatever that operates several neighborhoods worth of power. I mean, th- these things are are possible today, and they're happening over in other countries. They're just not happening here. So if we actually had no uh, federal government standing in the way, maybe we'd have a true free market in power, and then maybe it wouldn't even be nuclear power. Maybe there'd be something else that would be even safer and and uh, and better but unfortunately when you've got the government around subsidizing, subsidizing bad ideas one bad idea over another one then you get a really distorted marketplace 
And if we didn't have uh, the government forcing us to uh, have monopoly power providers like here in New Hampshire, we've got, uh, at least in our area in New Hampshire, there's Power Supply of New Hampshire or something, or Public Service of New Hampshire, PSNH. And that's it. You don't get another option. So as long as there's not another option in the marketplace, uh, what incentive does PSNH have to change their business model or to add new innovative technologies? There's a little bit of competition in that you can uh, buy, uh, you know, you could do your own power at your own house. That's then, not much incentive to uh, to develop new technologies because nope. the average person can't afford to install a generator system. That's just the average family doesn't have the thousands of dollars that it would be necessary to do your own power. I don't think. I agree. Let's go to you and your thoughts. You can bring up what you want. Uh, let's go to Greg listening in Greenville. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I, I was wanting to call about the guy, um, the caller you had that was talking about the left-right paradigm. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know which one of you that I'm, I'm talking to here, so you have to forgive me. But It's Ian and Mark. Guys, there are two of us here, so go ahead. Well, I don't know which one of you made the comment, is what I was going to say, but one of you made the comment that the left-wing... Um, the example of how they don't really believe in personal freedom is that the Tipper Gore thing and all that stuff. Was the what you thing? The what thing? Tip, oh, Tipper Gore. Yeah, where she yeah. Uh, she created the uh, parent, parental advisory explicit lyrics label that are so right. common on uh, albums, uh, album labels and such. Right. I was just wondering, that's the only example you come up with for the, the left wing... Oh, no, there's another one that I that I mentioned, which was uh, Hillary Clinton, who is very opposed to video game violence. So that's that's two. And then there's also, um, who's the other guy, the Lieberman fellow? He's also very opposed to video game violence and sex in video games. What about the whole health care law and the welfare system and all that? You don't, you don't believe that's a person, or, or taking away people's personal freedom? Oh yeah, I think that I think that uh, people's personal freedoms are infringed in a lot of ways. But when I think of personal freedoms, I think of like people will you know, talk about social freedoms versus fi- fiscal freedoms, and you know, like uh, often the Republicans will will claim to be good on fiscal freedoms, but they won't be so good on social freedoms. And the Democrats will claim to be uh, good on social freedoms, but they you know certainly they make no claim on to be good on uh, fiscal freedoms. Yeah, I generally think of health care, for instance, as a, a more of an economic issue than but a it's social. not really because when you think about uh, you know. Kai Chiropractors, they're going to get smashed by this thing because they're not going to be considered part of the allopathic paradigm. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's there's a choice issue there. Okay. I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I was just going to say, you know, as far as, you know, personal freedom, I, I think the left wing interferes with people's personal freedoms and their incomes and and their, you know, your paychecks and all that stuff a lot more than just... Well, again, the paycheck, you're talking about economic freedom. And it's sometimes right. it's hard to draw a line because in order to have personal freedoms, you have to have economic freedom. So when it comes right. to, uh, Greg, when it comes to, uh, you know, personal freedoms, I, I tend to think of personal freedoms as choices you can make for your body, uh, the, the choices you make to consume entertainment and, you know, personal choices, whereas with uh, spending, I usually consider that uh, economic. But again, it's very hard to, uh, to draw those lines. if Republicans were any good at actually protecting fiscal freedoms, I'd still be one. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think they're all bad. I mean, just in case it hasn't been clear, I think that Republicans uh, want nothing want nothing to do with shrinking the size of government that they could that, that they talk about over and over again. I used to be one, right? And um, you know, the Bush administration convinced me that this is you know they're lying to and me. they don't give a damn about personal freedoms, and the uh, the left doesn't give a damn about personal freedoms or economic freedoms. I mean, in general, they're all very similar. And I think that was the point I was trying to make. I hope that's made it cl- more clear I, for you. I, I, I see your point. I, I apologize for uh, coming across. I, I didn't understand exactly where you're coming from. But. No worries. 
Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Bush. I mean, yeah, I, I just think the people should be left alone, be free to live their lives how they want, so long as they don't hurt anybody else. And the left and the right both disagree with that statement. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Live Saturday edition here to take your calls about well, whatever's on your mind. We call it Free Talk Live because you're free to call in and talk about anything. And we're live seven nights a week. So uh, if you don't get in tonight, you can always talk to Mark uh, tomorrow night on the Sunday evening edition. I will be here. Uh, freetalklive.com. Bitcoin's the world's first anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. You can download the free bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With bitcoins, you can send and receive money for free anywhere in the world, without fees, I should say, anywhere in the world without uh, needing permission from any bank or government. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. Additionally, uh, if you're you know if you're a merchant, there's no chargebacks with bitcoins. Uh, you know, I mean, you you know that uh, when it comes to credit cards and PayPal and organizations like that, if the customer g- gives you trouble and uh, they can they can really make your life miserable when it comes to these things. Bitcoins, you decide who gets refunds and and who doesn't. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. It's bitinstant.com. All right, so we're going to continue here uh, with you and your thoughts. Linda is in South Carolina listening to WSCFM. Hey, Linda. Hello, Ian and Mark. I just think you fellas are amazing. I, and I want to say something hateful, and then I'd like to ask you hateful. my question. You, you, you don't say, seem strike me. I mean, from your, pa- your past calls, Linda, you don't strike well, me as a hateful person. Everybody's got their day. I don't know how to phrase it any better, but if you stood on our property in our country and offered literature that said, stay in school, follow the system, the principles to be respected, nobody'd say a word to you. You're right about that. I bet you, yeah. (laughs) What they want to hear and what they want you to say. And I'm, I'm just so impressed that you two fight the fight. And I... Well, hold on. I don't think Mark would have gone out to the school and handed out information. Would yeah, you have done I'm not going to go out to the school. Yeah, no, that's all. It's all me, Linda, and uh, Derek J from Tuesday nights, uh, which you guys it's don't listen to there in South Carolina. But you know, I don't know how it happened, but I was in early elementary school when I understood we were herded like cattle, and I realized that things weren't right. I didn't know what rights were, but I began my life of indifference is not even in my vocabulary. I care about all people. I believe that we should not say majority rules, but how about to each his own and respect that individual? Absolutely. But I listen to you too, and you bring so much back to my heart and memory. I have got to ask you, when did you know who you were and what you were all about? And how did you become, and I I don't know how else 
my vocabulary right now is limited. You're amazing. You're great. You, <laughs> you are the biggest ego boost call of all time, uh, Linda. But your question is specifically, when did we come to the ideas of liberty or when did we – can you clarify a little bit more? I said you realized that you were helping the world, that you were fighting for something that so few people seem to realize. I'm frightened. I'm older than dirt. And I'm really frightened uh, that we're losing. We've lost already so many freedoms. And you're opening eyes. But you're so young and you've been working so hard. And I want to know how you became like you guys are. Fine I question. Linda, thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for thank the you. call tonight. I always appreciate uh, hearing from you. Uh, so, Mark, how did you become who you are? You know, That's a tough question. It is, it's a very tough question, and the fact is that we decided to do a radio show probably because we're vain and have big mouths. Um, I, I don't consider myself vain. Yeah, that's you. It's all you. Yeah, that's me. Sure, it's just me. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not an extrovert. You don't want to you know, teach the world a lesson. I'm naturally introverted. None of those things. So, but... The fact everyone is, mail Mark. Uh, that's why I put your address on the website, not mine, Mark. Unlike uh, so, unlike so many other people that uh, do radio programs, we open up the lines and we have to talk to people about what their ideas are. Free Talk Lives about people talk, calling in, and, in, and when you're confronted with logic and reason over and over again by callers, it's going to change your mind on issues. I don't think either n- n- neither of us is what we started when we started this show, and we're not what we're going to be in 10 years after doing it uh, for another 10 years. I think that's absolutely true. I would also say that at some level, I was born this way. Um, I, just an, you were born an iconoclast. I feel like, well, no, I was born an anti-authoritarian, I think. Oh, there's, um, there's a big difference there, yeah. I would say so. Um, I don't. I wouldn't have known about iconoclasm back when I was a kid, but I did know that I didn't like to be told what to do by uh, these arbitrary adults that were, you know, trying to control me. Living I, life from the position of nuh uh. Like Linda, I can recall back to early days in elementary school where I was doing things that, uh, you know, were a little unusual, that were very defiant uh, towards the so-called authorities. But I didn't know why. You know, I didn't have the the, the knowledge that was necessary to really to back any of it up uh, and certainly over my lifetime I was in no way the same person that I am today I mean I used to be much much angrier than I am now and so it's been a, a lot uh, it's been a long time coming obviously and it's it's hard to sum up 31 years in you know 30 seconds here uh, but you know I've learned and I've adjusted and and as you said Mark some of the, the callers to this show have been great at, uh, at showing us some of the errors in our uh, thinking over over time so it's just been a long, one long, great conversation uh, with so many different people. And I think it also helps having a partner on the show. I think that in, in the world of radio, you end up getting these uh, cults of personality. And if you, for instance, you look at the rest of talk radio, 90 plus percent of the talk shows out there are the so-and-so show. And it's, you know, all about so-and-so and so-and-so's thoughts on whatever and for me, that's not at all what I wanted this show to be in the in the begin from the very beginning. I didn't want this show to be the Ian and Mark show or uh, the Ian Mark and Mike show. We had three guys in the very beginning. Uh, I wanted it to be a show where it was open to anyone to call in about anything because when I was listening to talk radio as a as I was growing up, that's what I wanted to hear. But I never did. I always just heard this. 
host. And then everyone calling in was either backing the host or if they didn't back the host, they got hung up on real quick and they couldn't uh, you know, get two sentences out and there wasn't any real uh, discussion of issues. And as a listener to talk radio, that, that frustrated me. And so I wanted to make sure that, they, that I could create the program that kind of opened up the airwaves, so to speak. Having know. having two people on the show does uh, allow uh, it's an to, ego check. Yeah, to some extent, it'll uh, it'll check stinking thinking. Yeah, uh, so that's valuable. And open phones also checks that as well because you're not just taking the choir calling in over and over again. Um, so over all that time, I think you know we we have the intellectual honesty to be able to admit when we're wrong as well, which is uh, which is nice because a lot of in remember Mark when we uh, first started doing Free Talk Live, we had a meeting with the general manager and they like laid out the these are the rules of talk radio. Never admit you're wrong. And like there's all these nonsense rules that but I just threw right out the door. But that's what Free Talk but, but Free Talk Live did that. The the opening of the phones does that. You're going to be wrong. Look, you know when you're wrong. You're sitting there and you're having a discussion with somebody and you know when you're wrong. You know when you're telling lies in order to get your point across. And if you're unwilling to tell the lies and you, you're, getting told, you're getting schooled, then you've got to learn one way or the other. Do you think those other talk show hosts believe they're telling lies? If you're, if you're making up statistics... I mean, it's it, it's not like it's never happened before. I've heard it happened on the happen on the air when you can find, you know, what somebody said is just wrong. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of these other talk show hosts out there. That that I mean, are you suggesting that a lot of them are just blatantly I'm lying? Not, I, I wouldn't make. I you know, I can. I am not looking into a man's heart. I cannot. I think uh, a lot of them are probably just repeating misinformation. I think they've probably heard things and they've taken them as you know God's truth or whatever because they came well, they, from they some source. They take a call they, for for three freaking minutes and then they hang up on them, um, and you know that that makes all the difference in the world. We generally do. We generally have our calls take much longer than that. So eight five five four fifty free. Oh, and also one other important thing that happened for me was uh, a few years ago shifting to ideas of peace as opposed to violence in response to the violence of the state. That was a big change. That was a big paradigm shift for me, and that happened several years ago. Um, there was a couple things that kind of precipitated it, but ultimately the real reason was because I'm here in New Hampshire now, where there are other people who love liberty around and. Linda was talking about her fear and that the government's getting larger and taking away more freedoms. When you're around hundreds of other like-minded people who love liberty and who are getting active, it makes a big difference to changing your perspective on what's possible. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want, even in these, the remaining moments. Enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. You know, we've talked about bitcoins a lot on this program, but that's not the only alternative currency out there worth your time. There's a couple others. Well, yeah, there's uh, getting some precious metals in order to be able to uh, do a little bartering in case, uh, you know, the situ- situations go poorly. It's, it would be nice to have some gold and silver. With, uh, with the inflation of the currency by the Federal Reserve, well, you know, gold and silver, they're commodities. They're not going to – the Federal Reserve can't inflate those. And from the investment angle – Many experts are predicting that gold and silver will be going up here in uh, the early part of 2012. 
I'm not going to claim I'm not going to claim that. However, I am going to tell you that I have got a great deal of gold and silver, at least from my standpoint. Probably nothing compared to uh, others, but uh, you know, I, I I recommend it for my for myself, and you can choose that uh, whatever you want for yourself. Gold.freetalklive.com is a great way to buy well. Because that's what you need to do when you're making an investment. You need to buy at a good price. Check out gold.freetalklive.com. That way you can comparison shop with the other gold purveyors out there. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some very special rates. You can uh, check over there. And you're also supporting Free Talk Live when you buy at gold.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Boyd is calling from Oregon. K-Med, listening in Medford. Hey, Boyd. Howdy. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, this thing that happened here a few months back, Fukushima, the meltdown in Japan. Yes, sir. That thing certainly is a, a disaster on an enormous scale, and it actually even hinges on where I'm at here in Oregon. That um, got me to, to looking into our, our power production, our electricity needs, quote-unquote, question mark. Um, and the only feasible, reliable, inexpensive thing available appears to me to be geothermal. And, no, you don't have to have, uh, you know, like, you know, the geysers just north of San Francisco. It's the largest geothermal plant on Earth. It's been running for 50 years. Uh, I think it's 3.75 cents per kilowatt hour. It's pretty cheap. And Yes, it is. It's the cheapest, period. And you don't end up with any waste whatsoever, but let alone radioactive waste. The difficulty is that you need to find some place that has hot water shooting up out of the ground. Most geothermal is essentially 50-degree water that you pump up from very deep in the ground to, uh, you know, be... Uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's uh, warmer than, say, well water, so you don't have to spend as much energy to heat it up. Right, but there are lots of... Basically, you can get geothermal steam to run a steam generator anywhere on Earth if you can drill two miles. Now, there are places where you can drill 2,000 feet and also get steam. So those are the thin parts of the crust. Like Yellowstone would be a great place for geothermal electrical production. Yes, if it wasn't so beautiful. <laughs> well, and also if we yeah, didn't but, have all the government regulations preventing things like drilling and uh, you know d- tapping new power sources and, and doing things to develop new uh, new power plants and such. So I think that uh, you know whether it's geothermal or sunlight or wind power or nuclear, if we actually had an open market in energy, these different you know these different technologies would be able to compete against one another uh, in a true free market environment. Whereas right now what we have is stuff being subsidized by the government. Certain energy types are getting more of a subsidy than others, and of course that completely distorts uh, market demand. And so therefore we don't even have what's what is even close to a shadow of the kind of energy situation we could have today. Essentially, we're living in many ways in 1970 as far as the you know the the power structure in this. Uh, in this world, in this country, actually, not the world. But, and I think well, that's like, tragic. Uh, t- yes, I'll agree with that. that but the, to me, the, the, the real tying, uh, not in the whole deal is every 25 years right now, we're having another meltdown. 25 years ago was Chernobyl. That, you know, damaged an enormous amount of land and people. And now we've got Fukushima going on. In 25 years or less, there'll be another meltdown. That uh, radioactive materials are too unstable 
And human beings are not quite smart enough to be able to keep running a very dangerous thing. Well, from what I understand, uh, Boyd, there are actually reactor types that are no no meltdown reactors. The science is there. It's just that the U.S. government... It's impossible for them to melt down. ...isn't allowing those things to be built here for some reason. I thank you for the call at uh, 855-450-FREE. Jeff is listening to the Mike 92.1 WXXM in Madison, Wisconsin. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. I kind of like to hear what you said about letting people have an actual conversation with the host. Welcome, sir. I pretty much had got disgusted and quit listening to talk radio when I thought that you were absolutely right. If you agree with them, uh, that's okay. If you don't agree with them, they cut you off. But um, I wanted to talk about a different kind of meltdown, which I caused. And I, uh, I uh, one of the morning programmers here had a a minister on from about 40 miles west of Madison, and he was doing a a certain amount of queer bashing. So I called him up, and I told him this. I told him, look, I'm also a person of faith. I happen to be an extreme left winger. I consider you an extreme right winger, but there is one place we can meet and agree, and that is our belief that the Creator is the most sacred and clean and holy essence we know about. And he goes, yup. And I let him through a bunch of yups, like uh, our essence coming from the Creator is sacred, yup. And the same thing with the trees and the animals and the fishes and the flying ones. And each time I said, he said, yup, yup. And I led him through about a dozen. And finally I said to him, amongst the gifts that are sacred to me and I imagine to you from our creator are our senses, our speech, yup, our hearing, sight, yup, yup. And then I said, and the last and the thing that I can think of uh, is sacred is our sexuality. And I, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> and he had been queer bashing up a storm. And I simply said to him, you know, folks who think they're having a, an argument with their neighbor's sexuality are actually having an argument with the Creator who made us this way. And that's when he started screaming at me. Wow. Oh, that always yeah, sounds like a charm. You take their religion and you stuff it up their nose. Because you can't really be a follower of Buddha or Jesus or Moses and be a queer basher. Absolutely. Not only that. Terms. Yep, I, I love that point. In fact, it brings me around to something I wanted to mention last night on the show. I didn't get a chance. Uh, we were talking about this Bearcat, which is this military tank thing that they're giving to police departments all around the country. And they uh, we had a huge opposition here in Keene, New Hampshire to this. Uh, people poured out to the city council meeting to oppose this uh, armored attack vehicle. And they'd sent their guy uh, from the Bearcat, the Bearcat company, Lenko, their head salesman, Jim Massery, had come out to try to save his sale. And he had, t- had talked to some of the activists after the meeting, told, told about his blog so we went after that and checked out his blog and his blog is all about you know how he's a conservative christian uh, citizen jim mastery conservative christian citizen is very very heavily religious blog and i'm thinking to myself 
how many tanks would Jesus buy? I mean, how can you be a Christian? How can you be a Christian and sell these killing machines to uh, militaries and police departments all around the country? I, I fully agree with your approach, Jeff. Uh, you know, show these people who call themselves Christians how, in, in no way, shape, or form, are they adhering to the much closer the, to Pharisees, even the basic yeah. beliefs of their own religion? I thank you for the call, Jeff. Really hey, appreciate hearing from you tonight. Great yeah. call. Eight five five four fifty three. Pharisees were people that used the government against Jesus. Pharisees were. Pre- people that considered themselves to be more pious than others. Jesus told them that, uh, you know, that before you cast a stone, you know, you need to uh, to be without sin. And it's so much. It's amazing how Christians don't see that they, in fact, use the government the same way that Pharisees did 2,000 years ago. Let's continue here. It sounded like that was a golden call. I wish that uh, wish we'd been able to hear the actual call to that uh, that preacher. Let's go to uh, Calvin in Colorado on the amp lines. Calvin, go ahead. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, uh, earlier, a uh, caller was uh, questioning the utility of or trying to fit in somehow the uh, the traditional left right spectrum uh, into how does that work in the world of libertarianism, volunteerism, uh, and that sort of thing. And I just wanted to uh, make a, a, a quick statement here about that. Uh, you know, the, the left-right spectrum that people are used to right now is a one-dimensional uh, spectrum. It just has, uh, you know, right-wingers and left-wingers, and neither one of them really have a, you know, consistent uh, basis on which, you know, you can go back to and say, okay, this is our fundamental belief, and mm-hmm. therefore you can figure out what our uh, position is on pretty much everything by going back to that uh, fundamental belief. A principle. Such as, uh, yes, such as the non-aggression principle and the uh, uh, concept of self-ownership. Uh, Kelvin, you got 10 anyway, seconds. Wrap it up. Uh, well, they, they, uh, the thing was invented called the Nolan chart. Which, oh, it's good uh, stuff. Go to quiz.freetalklive.com to uh, check out the Nolan chart. And thanks, Kelvin, for the call. Back tomorrow night for the Sunday edition with Mark. Freetalklive.com. See ya. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Once the residence of the Thai monarch, the Walled Grand Palace of Bangkok has been standing for more than 200 years. It was created by the Chakri dynasty of the Kingdom of Siam and remains one of Thailand's most dazzling destinations. The Grand Palace's sprawling complex contains more than 100 buildings and is the greatest single display of traditional Thai art and architecture in the world. The most renowned Bangkok temple, the Temple of the Emerald Buddha, is found within the gilded and inlaid grounds. The temple features its namesake, a 26-inch seated Buddha carved entirely from jade, seated on a 35-foot-high golden throne guarded by ancient bronze lions. The Buddha, the country's most venerated religious object, was lost and then rediscovered in the 15th century and has sat upon its throne protecting the country ever since. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar.